0: Genesis House and the Friends in Recovery podcast are proud to bring you Answering the Call, the First Responder podcast. Join your hosts, Mike the Podfather and Jersey Ed as they address the real issues in health and wellness for first responders. From physical and mental health to relationships and work-life balance, we leave no stone unturned. Answering the Call, the First Responder podcast is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube, as well as iHeartRadio. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Now, here are your friends in recovery answering the call.
1: Hey, everybody! Welcome to answering the call, the first responders podcast. I am the pod father Mike Miles, and I'm here with
2: Jersey Ed from Quarantineville. Looks like you're quarantined somewhere, podfather.
1: I'm in the back seat of a 2004 Mercedes Benz. <laughs>
2: It's a nice place I don't want to be to ask quarantined. Plenty <laughs> yeah. quarantine. of room yeah.
1: back here. <laughs> <laughs> I wish uh, I had this back in my single days. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and Sweets, how are you doing, Sweets? I am doing pretty well. Thank you for asking. Thank I am quarantined did. in my home office trying to make you guys uh, accessible to all our listeners and viewers. <laughs> I know.
2: I know. Super. I know. Everybody is uh, quarantining themselves. I think uh, Podfather and Sweets ended up uh, making a conscious decision to um not going to studio thank you guys for that and and i'm sure we're just following suit with uh, everybody else and, and honoring what's going on out there i guess that's why we did that right mm-hmm.
1: yeah i thought it was a good idea um just too uh too dangerous right now too dangerous yeah.
2: yep. but the stress is killing you trying to get get a, a good signal podfather <laughs>
1: yeah yeah well you know what <laughs> i'm still working a lot of hours so i really haven't had an opportunity to I'd stay home and not do much so I've been uh yeah. I've been working about a good yeah. 35 hours a week good 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 well yeah yeah you're
2: yeah out you're out there too um amongst everybody helping uh the, they're still sick and suffering and you're doing a good job there podfather
1: doing the best we can Eddie just yeah, the best yeah. we can
2: what's uh what's on your shirt is that a is that a first responder shirt you're wearing
1: no this is a logo this is a young man that died suddenly and left uh three young children golf tournament last year and uh I just played in the tournament. I got a nice jacket. I got a few of these, you know.
2: Nice, yeah. Your Podfather plays good golf. Man, I take him on a golf outing up in uh, off in the Cape, up in Massachusetts. Him and I usually go up to that to that golf outing. We have a little bit of fun out there. And him and I, we'll, we'll go we'll go golfing every once in a while too on mm-hmm. our own, right, Podfather?
1: I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to more golf. They just opened up Massachusetts yesterday.
2: Oh, good, good.
1: Yeah. So that's a good idea, and uh, we're we're definitely. Uh, going to be back on the swing. I think it's hopefully, hopefully to play some golf next week.
2: Good. They pushed, um, Pennsylvania and I think New Jersey to June 4th now. Yeah. So the next recording of this stuff, I'm going to have to be here again. Maybe I don't know. So,
1: yeah, it's really crazy. It's not, uh, you know, it's a lot of work. I mean, we do these podcasts obviously to help people and it's a wonderful thing, you know, but, um, sometimes you got to take a look at your own, you know, personal life and family members and say, Hey, you know um maybe, maybe they need me more, <laughs> so today's one of those days where my family definitely needed me more
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, trying
1: to, try to make it work though,
2: yeah, yeah, that's we juggle all kinds of balls, there Podfather. so yeah,
1: we certainly do,
2: so uh so um sweets what's uh what's going on in uh sweets studio it's it, is it still? it's empty,
3: it's empty, there's nobody in there I'm, I'm in my home office, it's uh. The the doors just kind of swinging back and forth. The breeze is blowing. I think there's some squirrels in there. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just gotta we just gotta wait. I'll clean the place out for you when you come back. Nice,
2: nice. Real quick, I just want to uh, just mention who our guest is gonna be. Uh, Jason uh, uh He's a nurse. Um, right now, he's a nurse and he's actively working with patients. He's a, actually a nurse in recovery. We're gonna bring him in in here in a, in a minute or so. I just want to let everybody know who we're. Uh, who's who's a guest guest today hope i'm pronouncing his name right it looks very simple but it's complicated so um but if anybody wants to give father a call or send him an email he had a stressful day you can see it on his face um call him at 617-379-1163 leave him a happy message yeah uh, i could
1: use a happy message send money send money, we send some money.
2: <laughs> no, we can't do that. We can't do that. Don't send money <laughs> uh, or, um, help at friends and Um, and, uh, that, that's, that's the two ways, best ways of getting hold of us. Sometimes I forget to give out those numbers, but I know sweets puts them up and, uh, and I know Melissa gets them in the show notes and all plenty, that. There's
3: so- plenty of ways to reach out, plenty of ways for people to reach out and call email, Facebook, YouTube.
2: Yes. They is. can't
3: find a way to reach us. They're doing something wrong.
2: They they are they are carry right. yeah. a pigeon
3: yep. 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 many yeah. ways
2: yeah so you all calm now and and you take let's oh you didn't go into uh, our uh, we we had a session with Jeff Brandler you you need to breathe so why I'm introducing um, Jason Denick um, take a deep breath and. Take a and t- exhale two two times. Put yourself in a happy place, and Jason will be on in no time. So. Well, hold on, hold
3: on. Give him oh. proper instruction. Whoa. All right, listen. So, <laughs> so, the idea is to uh, to help. Uh, it, this is supposed to adjust your parasympathetic nervous. Yes. System, is that instead of uh, just breathing out, you're supposed to take a deep breath in and then a deeper breath out and you push it all the way out. And you think about it. Yeah, absolutely back, pushing out. I
1: do this several times a day and believe exactly. me, it really, really does wonders. He said I it was magical. It. So, uh,
3: I tried it while he was doing it. It was amazing. It is, it is it's so,
1: yeah, It really is amazing when you think of it, that it's such a simple exercise to do that, you know, the conscious mind uh, you think would just kick in once in a while and do it on its own, but no, you have to put no. some thought into it. <laughs> Which is
3: okay. Hey, you know what? We take a little conscious sure. thought, we make some adjustments in the way that we feel, and we get to move on with our day. So That's right. And then we, Absolutely. Get,
2: to, we get to move on and bring Jason in. So uh, why my Sweets is trying to bring him in, figuring out all the satellite stuff, I'm going to introduce who Jason is. Jason <laughs> De- Denick, uh, he's an RN and BSN. Jason has been in the nursing field for over uh, 12 years now, for the past 12 years now. He, he has his associate's degree from Ocean County Community College and his bachelor's from Drexel. Jason worked in multiple ERs and was um, a critical care transport nurse, which I'd like to find out what that is um, for the past, uh, in the past, uh, for the past four years, he's been working in dialysis as a nurse. Jason has um, found solid recovery um, three years ago and has not looked back ever since, and that's recovery from drugs and alcohol. So Jason, welcome to the show. Welcome, Hi. Jason. Thank you. How are you doing, Jason?
4: I'm good. I'm good.
2: Good, good. See, here in America, we talk into the microphone. (laughs) Jason's a good friend of mine. He comes on our Friends of Recovery uh, shows, and and I learned a lot from him, um, from him just showing up um, on our Friends of Recovery meetings uh, at night at 7 o'clock at night, and uh, he has really good recovery. That was number one why I wanted on, because some of us first responders, such as a pod father... And, uh, you know, a couple other first responders I know listen to the show that are, they are in recovery and he's also a first responder. And, um, Mike, you and I were talking a couple of shows ago that I didn't realize this, but the nursing, the medical community, um, the nursing community, they're kind of like you guys. And if they have a problem, sometimes, um, they, they are held to a higher standard, just like the police are. And, uh, when you start messing around with the police's badges and their guns, that, kind of gets it kind of gets hard you know as far as that goes and that's what the uh, nurses um kind of go through and in in recovery and all that you take away their license you're taking away their their livelihood and, and i think Absolutely. he has some experience with that um if he if he's doesn't mind sharing with us and all that but jason um welcome to the show and uh the nursing thing. Thank you for everything you do. I see you every night on a meeting with you know the earphones and ears. We're helping these people out, and and it's great that you do this. Um, tell us what you do in dialysis. You're you're right there on the front lines.
4: Yeah, thanks uh, for the introduction. Ed. Yeah, so with dialysis, I mean we we definitely have direct patient care. You know, there's no social distancing for us. I mean, we got to get right up. And close and personal with people, whether they have a catheter in their chest or they're accessing one of their arm. You know, we have to be able to get the needles in them or access their catheter in order for them to have dialysis. So, I mean, we and plus we still have to assess the patients as well. So we're we're definitely right up in their faces. But we we are. <clears throat> I mean, we take safeguards. We pre-screen everybody before they even come on to the treatment floor. One of our nurses is out in the um, waiting room uh, screening them and then when they come in everybody's already masked up the patients as well as well as the staff and then us as the staff we have on our mask our glass our goggles our face shield um gowns and you know gloves i mean but we're constantly changing gloves every five minutes basically um but yeah, so, I mean, we're we're definitely right there and we have a lot of patients that come from the nursing homes, so, and I know uh, that it's been running kind of rampant in the nursing homes because they're in such close quarters with each other and they're doing the best that they can in the nursing homes, trying to quarantine the, the patients that are positive or symptomatic uh, in the nursing home as well and trying to put them and make separate wings, I guess, in yeah. the nursing homes, but it's still spreading crazy. You know, like I was telling you before the show, I mean, we just had a patient that I had to send out on Wednesday evening over to the hospital. Uh, He was asymptomatic when he came in, you know, but then as his treatment progressed and three hours into his, he has a four hour treatment, three hours into his treatment, he just was not himself. Uh, And, you know, I mean, I've been a nurse for a while. You, you kind of get these little gut feelings when you know, something's not right, you know, and I'm just looking at him and he, this guy's not himself. He's not acting the way he normally does, you know, so it's in the best interest of him as a patient to get him up to a higher level of care where he can take care of more appropriately. Cause we only, I mean, in dialysis, we're, we're specialized with just being able to do that. We don't carry a lot of the excess and extra equipment and medications that they do in the hospital.
2: Jason what is dialysis I mean I know it's, it's everybody knows kind of what it is but give us your professional um, background on what dialysis so we, we kind of know I know you know you sit there for a couple hours because your kidneys can't function correctly blah 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 if I'm correct
4: right well I mean there's a couple different levels with dialysis I mean you have end-stage renal disease that's people whose kidneys don't work at all or they work very they have a very low function with their kidneys so what it uh, what we end up doing with dialysis is we withdraw the blood from the body it's in a continuous system so it, get, it the blood comes out of the body it goes through a machine and then through a dialyzer where it goes through the the blood goes one way and then dialysate, dialysate goes another way which has potassium bicarb and um, sodium in it, and it kind of through osmosis pulls out the bad stuff and the toxins that are in the body that the kidneys normally would clean out and then we would urinate them out and it also helps remove any excess fluid that the patient has because once you are on dialysis and the kidneys don't function anymore you become anuric, which means you don't urinate anymore Oof. so anything that you drink any type of liquid whether it's in the food, you know, lettuce, broccoli, all those kinds of things all have liquid in them. So that liquid's going to stay in the body. We have to get a, that liquid out. Otherwise they're going to get fluid overload. Then they're going to go into congestive heart failure and other cardiac issues or respiratory issues. So we, it, and it becomes a real fine line with, um, you know, <clears throat> the, the patient's got to manage how much fluid they drink. And then we wow. got to manage how much we take off because we don't want to, put too much cardiac stress on their heart and everything. And oh. then we also have the other patients who are acute kidney injuries. So you'll see them and we, we see them more frequently now because they only used to be treated in the hospital, but now they're allowed to be treated in an outpatient setting. So acute kidney injuries, um, you can get it from people that are like motor vehicle accidents or take a really hard hit or trauma to the back where the kidneys are located. Could be from drug overdoses, um, certain things that are uh, nephrotoxic, which means they're toxic to the kidneys. will shut them down. So what we're doing with them is we're basically helping their kidneys jumpstart again to get back up to full functioning. Because sometimes it'll it'll shut it down for a short, brief period of time. So we do the dialysis to help re-jump start the kidneys, and then they're usually only there for about two to three months if, they,
1: okay. if their kidney function starts to come back. Okay. What well, you do amazing work. I've um as a therapist, I've had I had three clients, uh one's no longer with us, but I have two clients that are both on dialysis three times a week. Uh one of them's on a well, they're both on list for um transplants. One probably never gonna get there. The other one we're hoping she's only forty one years old. Um she has two children. But um I really marvel at their ability to go through a dialysis three days a week, which you know better than anyone, that's not easy. Um, trying to keep her spirits up, trying to keep her in the game, so to speak, with raising 11-year-old twins. And my other guy's a retired police officer, 59. Uh, he's been on dialysis almost 12 years, which is quite a while, I guess. And uh, But I, I often think um, after they come and see me the day before, usually, or the day after um, treatment, um, You know, I just kind of marvel at them, Jason. I mean, you must meet a lot of people and and see a lot of uh, strong-willed people.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
4: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and you can also see the depression set in, especially um, if they're brand new to dialysis, because, I mean, their whole life takes a big 180 turn instantly. You know, and they, they go from a normal living to now they've got to watch their diet, their fluid, their, right. their everything. They've got to watch it, it becomes a real struggle for them in the beginning. And we understand that. So yeah. that's part of our job as well as we got to educate them on the, the proper right. to eat, the proper amount of fluid and stuff. So, yeah. Wow. And then you do see a lot of people that, I mean, they just keep coming back and coming back and I, me personally, I don't know if I could ever do it. You know, and I look at the, the
2: our patients, I'm like, damn. You know, uh, how, Jason, how you, go ahead. Jason. Real quick, um, we're going to take a break here in a minute. But um, mm-hmm. what, what? I mean, this will bring us into the, the second half of the show. What does alcohol do to somebody on dialysis? Is it recommended? Not recommended? And especially an addict or an alcoholic, that has to be, it has to be a, probably a no no. I'm guessing on dialysis.
4: Oh, yeah. It's definitely, we we advise against it. There are people that do <laughs> still drink or, you know, I, and I'm not saying for somebody who's like full-fledged in the grips of addiction of alcoholism, that I mean, they, they wouldn't be able to survive with dialysis. But, I mean, we do have some patients that will have like maybe one beer a week or something. you have to watch them too because there's a lot of phosphorus in that. And right. you don't want somebody... Right phosphorus and get phosphatemia you know to go up because then they start they start itching and it comes out of their pores and everything it's so i mean we we discourage it but we can't be at everybody's home and smack their hand when they're drinking right. exactly
2: know? exactly yep yep so we're gonna take a quick well, everybody uh godfather go yep. we'll be back after this
1: break i answer in the call the first response on this podcast and i uh, look forward to talking to jason some more and jersey ed and I'm a producer extraordinaire.
2: And a podfather from the back seat of his car. From the back seat of the bench.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See you soon. We'll be back.
3: Since 1992, Genesis House has been helping real people heal from addiction on their private recovery campus in beautiful Palm Beach County, Florida. Their family-owned program is accredited by the Joint Commission and offers detox and dual diagnosis treatment in a comfortable and confidential setting. At Genesis House, they focus on treating the underlying causes of addiction. Their comprehensive approach includes psychiatric care, individual and small group therapy, trauma healing techniques, and holistic care, including yoga, massage, and animal-assisted therapy. After treatment, their clients enjoy the lifelong support of a nationwide network of Genesis House alumni. Call Genesis House today at 1-800-737-0933 to speak with someone who understands. Visit them on the web at www.genesishouse.net. It's time to start your journey to a long and successful recovery.
1: Hey, everybody! Welcome. Answering the call, first responders podcast. I'm the pod father here with Jersey Ed and Jersey Ed. You have a super guest on today. Um, we do. Jason.
2: Yeah, very and, informative.
1: Uh, before the break, you, you you had a few things you wanted to talk about, but I think you, you have the uh, Jersey Ed's pick of the week.
2: I do have the podcast pick of the week today, guys. Sweets, give me a drum roll. Thank you very much. Uh, so, Jersey and podcast pick of the week. Drum roll. There you go. Another one uh, is Fresh RN podcast host Katie Kleber. Um, your first year as a registered nurse is challenging. This is a podcast. Uh, this podcast is hosted by an an ex, by an experienced nurse from FreshRN.com who discusses the basics of that first year, from orientation, code blues tricks of the trade and personal experiences, the time management, delegation of patients and more. Um, you can find fresh RN podcasts anywhere you get your podcast from and their website. Um, and you find out on our website at freshrn.com. And, uh, you're not, you're, you're a very experienced nurse, so that may not be your cup of tea, Jason, but, <laughs> but you might want, you to, want to
4: know out, you can, you can always learn something new
2: that's right that's right so uh jersey edge podcast pick of the week is fresh rn podcast it's a good one um i didn't watch much of it but i figured yeah uh, you know let's let's kind of correlate what's going on here so before the break jason uh, welcome back and before the break we were talking about um alcohol and how it how it's how it could wreak havoc on dialysis let's talk about alcohol and how it wreaked havoc in our lives <laughs> um specifically <laughs> your, your life because that's why you're on here and you're very open up open about your um your recovery and uh I believe you're in NA, so you're recovering from drugs, correct?
4: Right, right. I, I'm more associated with NA, but I, I mean, I can identify in uh, everything with uh, folks from NA and AA. You know, for me, alcohol is a drug as well. Um, and it's. You know, uh, for, for me, alcohol was always my gateway into the drugs that I wanted because I would start drinking. And then after I was drinking, I'd be like, "Fuck I let me go get what I really want now. So I'd be on the phone, you know, with the dealer or whatever. And that's, you know, that that's way in the past. I mean, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't drinking or anything. After I became a nurse, um, you know, and then I, I went through some crazy life, shit. uh, After I became a nurse and stuff and, you know, I I had been injured while I was in the military and had some severe back issues. So I started diverting medication while I was working in one of the ERs, you know, and I was using it for myself because my pain management doctor wasn't giving me what I wanted, you know, and I wanted the opiates because that's what I wanted to make me feel better, you know, because I, being a nurse, I thought that, you know, sometimes we're still stupid you know, or at least I was. And, uh, so I, it ended up getting me introduced to, uh, the RAMP program, which is in New Jersey. RAMP stands for, uh, recovery and monitoring program, you know, and like you were saying about the podfather, about him, you know, losing the livelihood, getting the badge, skin away for a little bit. And that's what happens with us is, you know, with nurses, we either, we have to go into treatment, you know, for detox excuse me and then uh however long the treatment lasts whether whatever they suggest whether it be 15 30 90 whatever however many days you know after that and then you have to go into iop after you get a release from treatment and then with while you're in the midst of doing that you know you got to complete your 90 and 90 um after that after you complete your 90 and 90 and during this whole time your nursing license is it's not a you don't get suspended it gets put inactive so what this is to do is to um the brand programs there to help us get through the tough time and managing you know addiction and still being safe to go back to practice our mm-hmm. nursing profession and that's what the whole premise is I mean, but it still sucks we end up not being able to work in our profession for almost, I would say, a year, you know, minimum. Yeah. It, I mean, by by the time you get done with treatment, you know, IOP and your 90 and 90 right there, that's about six months easily. Yeah. And then you have to wait a month after that to, to get your uh, license back. You know, you have to go through a whole process with, we have a peer support group, which is other nurses that are um, in recovery as well. And we have to go present our case basically to them, you know, that we have everything in place, a good support system and everything, you know, to be able to go back to work if we come across any type of stressors or whatever.
2: Yeah. You know, and, go ahead. So how how did, um, the Podfather, do you have a question? Did you, were you gonna say something, uh, Podfather?
1: No, no, I'm sorry. No, I was just, no, I was just stretching my arm. (laughs) sorry
2: about that. Um, So how, uh, I've been on a lot of these meetings uh, at Genesis House, and we have a lot of nurses on, um, you know, on, on our, our our online meetings. And there's there's some crazy stories that you guys talk about on, on there. And uh, you know, you nurses are, are, are definitely a different breed. Um, you you probably know that. And uh, the, was it convenient for you to be a nurse at the time of through your addiction? And and well, and and was it convenient and inconvenient? Unfortunately, because you know, I know some of the stories that the nurses tell, and Listen, that's like walking up to a bar, being in your fucking job. I mean, it, it was it was insane. Some of these stories. So
4: yeah, I mean, oh god, was it? It was convenient, definitely, for my addiction because I had I had access to any kind of medication I wanted, you know. But there then therein lies the problem: is that you get caught, you yeah. know, and it's not a matter of if I'm gonna get caught, it's just a matter of time. And and it usually goes on for a while, they build a case against you and they, you know, it's usually quite a few months or whatever, because everything is done through computerization, fingerprint scanning and stuff to get into the med rooms, especially in the hospital. Um, So, I mean, for that part, it was convenient, but it was also convenient that it happened because had it not happened, I wouldn't have gotten into recovery and actually started working a program and learning about myself and what caused me what the real root of my cause was of why i wanted to get fucked up and be out of and not feel anything you know and and it really had nothing to do with the actual physical pain
2: yeah
4: you know that that was just that was a symptom of getting injured when i was in the military and, and you know but and now you know, for the past three years, I've had solid recovery. I worked the steps, you know, I got a good, I got a great sponsor. He's actually a nurse as well.
2: Good. You know, so
4: we, yeah. So I mean, there's that. And that's why I switched sponsors because some of the things, you know, that happen within the nursing field, it's hard for somebody who's not in that profession to, to really grasp the, the concept of it. Yeah. So for me, it was a good, I, it was a good, turning point for me
2: to go and switch sponsors to somebody who is actually a nurse as well yeah that, you know, no, that's I, a good that's a good healthy choice absolutely do you let me ask you this because we got a couple minutes left here yep. do you consider yourself a first responder um, you know do you, do you put yourself in that category because I know we do on this show um, I look at the nurses and, and podfather and I from day one when we started this show we always considered nurses doctors definitely first responders you guys are out there on the first on on the lines too but all this corona bullshit stuff what you guys really up to uh to the peak of everything as first responders so what's your thoughts on that
4: yeah i mean i guess you could you can consider it uh first responders i know that there are there are some services too um where there are nurses that ride on the ambulance with paramedics and they are actually right there on the scene of certain injuries but definitely first responders. I mean, our EMS and police force and stuff, they're fantastic. They bring they're bringing them into the hospitals. And so the first responder, yeah, I definitely would have to agree with that. The first people they see when they walk into an ER or whatever, is going to be a nurse. They're not going to see, you know, somebody else or whatever. They're the, And they're the ones that are doing the, the first initial care, especially yeah. if it's not a paramedic or a nurse, bringing them in, if it's just EMS, You know, then the EMTs, which are fantastic too, they don't have the ability to be able to give medications and do certain things, you know? So, I mean, we're still, nurses are still right there in the front line in the thick of it, you know, I think we're all, I I think a frontline warrior would be a
2: better, better or (laughs) acronym for us or nomenclature for us. Well, the podfather tells a story of him running into an ER or... Uh, podfather, tell us that story where you, where you, I, was it, was it you or did you bring somebody in and the nurses were the first ones there? But you, you, you explain a nurse as a re, first responder really
1: good. Yeah, no, I, but I, yeah, I think the story is I, um, I got in a, a fight when I got jumped, I was walking a beat and I ended up on a fire hydrant and it broke my left shoulder and, um, it broke the collarbone in the shoulder itself. So when the arm came out and, um, I was taken to the hospital and I was in excruciating pain and, and um, I was only 24, 25, I guess. And uh, I just started, I've been on less than a year um, as a cop. And uh, it was like the first time I'd ever had any medical treatment. I'd been in the army three years. I had physicals, but I never was hurt or anything. So anyway, the nurse, uh, she was just so accommodating. Of course, they gave me uh, a something really powerful that took away the pain immediately. But her bedside manner and the way she treated me and cared for me was just, and, and I I just feel like I, I drove a wagon for three years, a police wagon, I brought a lot of prisoners up to the hospital, a lot of people under arrest. And um, I've always considered uh, nurses, especially ER nurses and doctors as first responders because they see the worst of the worst. They're not getting your your your, your ordinary patient that has a, uh, a nine o'clock appointment with the doctor for a physical. They're getting people that are whacked out, you know, injured, uh, been shot, stabbed, beaten. You know and and i just feel like that's there's a lot of trauma that goes with that
2: yeah absolutely and, and i love how you explain that part of you you know and then that's coming from a first responder himself what 30 some 30 plus years on the job and uh, 35, yep, 35 35 years on the job and just yeah. just uh you know and, and the podfather goes above and beyond um i know i know him retired and 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 not retired and he would go above and beyond for anybody and uh um jason thank you very much um you know uh thank you for sharing your stories thank you for making us understand you know what you do on the front lines for us and uh thank you for hopefully giving somebody inspiration out there first responder that might need some help that might need some uh, hope out there that that you you recovered why can't they you know what i mean so
1: yeah absolutely Be proud of yourself
2: jason absolutely thank you thank you so much for having me on thanks thank Jason. You. thanks so Jason, Jason, Jason Danik, yeah, yeah, an RN and a BSN that works in dialysis. Um, I did meet him on a uh, friends of recovery meeting and you know, he's he's one of those guys that um just goes above and beyond he stays after the meeting he really sure. gives back um he he's he takes some of the newcomers and this is just on on this video on on this zoom stuff he'll, he'll talk to the newcomers after the meeting he you got yeah really well he's got a great message yeah he does he really does and yeah. we didn't hear a lot of energy
1: yeah. yeah a lot of yeah. gratitude you can hear it in his yeah. voice i mean it's yeah. really good to to even to sit back and you know, I was really enjoying listening to him. I didn't really have a lot of questions because no. I was really into what he was saying, and I just mm-hmm. can't imagine. Uh, I like what he said about people that, you know, you're, you're a whole new life change. You're, you're going to be on dialysis. I mean, yep. that's it. You know, no more no more going to the bathroom in a normal way. No more, yeah. you know, consuming gallons of water because yeah. you're thirsty. Yeah. I mean, and, can you,
2: and can you imagine doing that job when you're all fucked no, up or, or pissed I off? No. I mean, this person, no. that you, this person you're helping out, now you're going to be pissed off at him because they because they have something wrong right. with them, because you're waiting if sure. you want to go fucking hit their machine or go find some fucking yep. drugs somewhere or you know so thank god he's in recovery you yes know, i can absolutely. see how compassionate he is yes. about his job yeah that's it that's the, the word that he compassion
1: he has a lot of empathy and compassion you're yes right. he
2: does absolutely. absolutely absolutely so sweets give us your uh, summary of all this you were quiet over there were you uh were you nursing somebody back to health, or you uh, were you <laughs> just doing <Yeah>. uh... <laughs> he nursing
1: himself back to health?
3: Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I was just. You know, I was just listening, like the podfather was. And um, you know, the the part that I heard toward the end was, you know, that that Jason had to find another sponsor uh, that that did have similar experience. And you know, I think that's that's something that's right really point. important. That, yeah. You know, we kind of overlook is that addiction and treatment and recovery all kind of gets lumped into this one area like you should be able to get it wherever you go but you know people are experiencing addiction in such different ways you know yeah. like i couldn't imagine being uh, uh, going through what i went through as an addict and having access like jason said he did to all these drugs oh yeah. my What's goodness saying, you know what oh, i mean 90% of my addiction was the hustle yeah. i had to go around and hustle and lie and cheat and steal to get this stuff it would have been yeah. very different Right. If I was at work and my yep. job provided access. And yeah. so how can I explain that that relationship with drugs to someone that's never experienced that or doesn't yeah. understand that? So like yeah. there's a there's something to be said that, you know, for, for what Jason just brought up and how important that is for anyone that's listening. It is a police officer, a fireman, a nurse, a doctor, whatever you are, that your circumstances are yours and, and you definitely need somebody who can understand it, talk to you about it. And, you know, it might be hard going to a meeting and hearing about, you know, a twenty five year old kid taking money out of his mother's purse to buy heroin at the corner and you're like, I don't I don't really I don't get that. Right. That wasn't me. Like, I appreciate your story, bro. But like I wasn't yeah. Yeah. so you know, making sure you're at the right meeting or the right group or you've got the right support system. I just think that's such a key element and I really I took that away yeah. from Jason's conversation. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Good 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 all good points there, sweet. So excellent, excellent. So Podfather, um Take us out from the back of your car. This is an excellent <laughs> show. Jason Jason could have just probably ran the whole show. I, We, we should get him on here. Yeah, yeah, Jason, house. definitely. <laughs> like I,
1: again, like I say, every, every, uh, after every um, podcast, Eddie, you, get, you find the best guest. You really do. That's one thing um, I got to say. We haven't had a dud yet. It's been great, you know. Um, you know, and this is just going to show you we can make it work. I know this isn't what we usually do. We have, you know, state-of-the-art equipment. We have suites always keeping us, no noise, you know, he, he made me take off a jacket once, because the jacket was making noise, <laughs> like, uh, this fucking guy's a pain in the balls, uh, <laughs> I love it. but you know, it makes sense, but uh, we made it work, and we're making it work today, and uh, you know, we got, you know, we got a long ways to go, but um, you know, first responders, everybody that's out there, right now, I hear the word hero, hero, he's a hero, she's a hero, you know, uh, the kids are driving by, thanking the teachers, they're heroes, everyone's a hero, but You know, the real heroes are that, when this uh, uh, epidemic and pandemic is over, you know, there's still gonna be people like Jason, the front lines, there's gonna be people, the fire, you know, the uh, ATF agent we had on and and, and, and all these people, cops, firemen, EMS, correctional officers, um, that they do this every day. They have to be on their toes every day. They they put on gloves every day. They put on masks because of, you know, uh, all the, all the different diseases out there. But anyway, I just think that, um, you know, these. The, the word hero's been thrown around a lot lately, but there's some real heroes out there, in my opinion,
2: anyway, just absolutely. my Absolutely, I, I second that, Podfather, absolutely.
1: Thank you. So, so uh, hey, listen, answering the call, first responders podcast, and as usual, uh, Eddie, the uh, <laughs> Jersey head phenom, has brought on another great guest. Thank you, Ed.
2: You're welcome, Podfather, anytime. Thank you, sweets. You got it, man. And that's it. Take us out, brother. Stay safe. Stay safe. That's it. All
0: right, boys. That concludes this episode of Answering the Call, the First Responder Podcast. Thanks to Genesis House for sponsoring the show and supporting first responders who are struggling with addiction and mental health. Follow us on Facebook for past shows and updates. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, email us at help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com.